This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Welcome back to the conversation. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We are excited to have our guest, Kevin Bailey, who's the CEO of the Idaho Nonprofit Center. Kevin, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we actually met your wife recently. Uh, she was on an, our podcast talking about all things to, to do in the Treasure Valley with kids. Becca. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, the, the crossover between nonprofits and what she's doing with Boise with Kids, there's there's so much crossover there. It's it's really kind of funny to us that our worlds intersect so often uh, through these nonprofits that serve kids. Yeah. We, when she was on the podcast, she spoke fairly highly of you and we thought, uh, <laughs> fairly uh, highly. We, we thought we really like Becca. So we'd probably like Becca's husband too. And when she was telling us uh, about what you do, I thought, let's see, a nonprofit that helps nonprofits. I kind of was a little bit confused, but, uh, wanted to learn more. And then we learned that, uh, the connection with Idaho gives Natalie, you've been, uh, a pusher and a promoter of Idaho Gives in past years, a right? Pusher? <laughs> I, a I have, pusher? I have highlighted Idaho Gives because it is a pretty incredible thing that we do here. And um, we just, uh, it's, I've always wanted to talk about it and kind of learn more and have an opportunity to really make it very concise for people because it's something just so spectacular that our state does. So, Kevin, start out, uh, tell us, a l I think that to understand Idaho Gives, we need to understand the Idaho Nonprofit Center. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your group. Yeah, thanks for asking. So, we're about 21 years old now in terms of our nonprofit. We're a statewide nonprofit, and our mission is really simple. It's to support all the nonprofits in the state, or as many as we can. So, we are a membership organization. We have 800-plus member nonprofits. So everybody from, you know, the Idaho Food Bank all the way down to your all-volunteer uh, small community nonprofit. So we, you know, focus on training, board, fundraising, uh, nonprofit finance, you know, all the kind of boring stuff that nonprofits have to do to be really effective. But mm -hmm. then the fun part of the year is Idaho Gives, which is kind of our, our signature program that most people know us for. And uh, I'm sure we'll jump into that in a second. But that's that's this is this is really exciting for us to kind of have the I guess this is the 11th year of Idaho Gives now. Um, so we're just honored and privileged to host that program for our nonprofits across the state. So I was on the website looking and I forget what the statistic is, but does Idaho have like over 9000 nonprofits statewide? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little misleading. Um, registered with IRS uh, is is that number is correct in terms of financially active nonprofits. It's closer to twenty five hundred. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of nonprofits kind of stay on the IRS rolls and they never really go away, even though they're not actually active. Eventually, they get removed. But twenty five hundred is a more accurate number in terms of the number of exempt or nonprofit organizations that are currently operating financially across the state. Right. And so you said of those about uh, 200 are uh, partners with the INC. Is that right? Um, 800 plus. We have 800, 800 plus. Yeah. North of 800 now. So um, when you said support, what does support look like? Like what does the INC do for some of these various nonprofits? Like you had mentioned the paperwork. There's a decent amount of paperwork and compliance, which kind of seems to take a little bit out of the fun out of a nonprofit. But the uh, fun out of the nonprofit. Well, the IRS is very particular, <laughs> like, right? What's the fun? Like the parties of the nonprofit. And well, like, like the, the nightlife, the mission, and okay. the purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, right. A nonprofit 
you know, forms itself because it wants to accomplish something, but it's got a lot of red tape that it has to go through to qualify. So tell us a little bit about what support looks like. Yeah, so you kind of have to imagine nonprofits are essentially small businesses, right? So everything that a small business would need to be successful, the same is true for nonprofits with a few extra uh, items added in. Obviously, nonprofits have to be effective at fundraising, so we provide a lot of training on that. Um, nonprofits need to have really good leaders in, in charge of their organizations. That includes the board members because every charitable nonprofit has to have a board of directors, which is made up of community members and then an executive director or CEO. And, and we focus a lot on that aspect. You know, How do we help nonprofits develop really, really strong leaders so that they can be as effective with their mission in the community as possible? And that's so important to the, the health and the, the way that our communities thrive. If nonprofits are thriving, our local communities can thrive too. Interesting. So I imagine that the INC has branches all across the state. I wish we did. We don't have uh, the current funding to have actual offices all over the state, but we do have a statewide reach. So a lot of our programs will have one-day conferences up in Sandpoint, over in Idaho Falls, and everywhere in between. Um, but our, all of our staff are currently in the Treasure Valley. I was just wondering, how how do you guys uh, dis, uh, distribute that training? Is it uh, one-day events you had mentioned, or if it's uh, you know, a series of classes, or if you do things virtually? I'm not sure yeah, how comfortable you guys well, have gotten with the virtual world. Absolutely. COVID really transformed some of our business model and how we deliver services. You know, that traditionally it would be traveling to places or asking people to come to the Treasure Valley for trainings. Um, COVID totally flipped that, as we know. And, you know, people are a lot more comfortable jumping on board uh, trainings. So we had just had one this week. We had a couple days this week where we were training folks from uh, Victor and Driggs, a mountain bike association, all the way up to Coeur d'Alene, and they're all in the same Zoom room with us, and we can provide that quality training uh, virtually, and it's cheaper for them as well, which is kind of nice. Interesting. So most of your people, I'm kind of curious, how is the INC structured? I mean, how many people do you have in your group uh, statewide? Yeah, we have 15 board members, and really they're the governance body, so they're made up of people from pretty much every region of the state, a mix of corporate, uh, nonprofit leaders, et cetera. Uh, we have six and a half staff, all based here in the Treasure Valley. And then, like I said, we have 800 members. About half of those members are here in the Treasure Valley, which is expected because nonprofits tend to be where large population centers are. Mm -hmm. um, but then the rest is sort of evenly distributed, proportionate to population more or less in, in the Panhandle all the way over to East and Southeast Idaho. Right, interesting. Um, how does a nonprofit partner with the INC? What does that look like? Do you guys vet them or uh, uh, is there like a qualification process? How do they uh, partner with your group? Yeah, there's a lot of avenues that people find us. I mean, everything from folks who are, are looking to start a nonprofit. So let's say they identify a need in the community. They realize there's really not another nonprofit or a government agency or, or anybody that's addressing that need. Um, let's say, you know, one example might be years ago when the diaper bank started, like who would have thought diapers were something that we needed to start a nonprofit around, but people realized, you know, the, the food, the food pantries did not have diapers and there was no other place to get diapers if you were in need. And, and so they started the diaper bank. And so a group like that might come to us and say, Hey, how do we start a nonprofit? How do we incorporate? And we'd be able to give them board governance training. We'd give them kind of the checklist of things they need to do with the secretary of state's office uh, through Idaho and then through the federal government with the IRS. And then once they're ready and kind of uh, more ramped up, you know, things like fundraising training, 
uh, leadership development once they start hiring staff. Um, obviously, a lot of nonprofits engage with us through Idaho Gives, and we find that Idaho Gives is a really, really uh, strong event, especially for those smaller nonprofits who uh, may fly a little bit under the radar. And that's really, I think, heartwarming to see. It's it's kind of their time to shine. Yeah. So you were saying that nonprofits are very similar in how they work like small businesses, but I'm assuming that when somebody starts a business, they usually have a little bit of business backing. But I'm, I'm guessing that that isn't always the case with nonprofits because they're f- focusing first on the mission. Um, do you find that to be the case, that sometimes there's a lack of like the business side of that? Yeah, I think I think people um, tend to lead with their heart sometimes in the nonprofit sector, and that's where we can come in and help and say, you know, before you incorporate, it might be useful to line up some funding, just like a for-profit business would line up venture capitalist funding or or other financial backers. Um, our organization, 21 years ago now, started with a handful of folks from across the state who really needed or decided that the state needed uh, this sort of support type of nonprofit. And, you know, people were writing checks as large as $200,000 to get this uh, concept off the ground. And and that's really key. I mean, it's really hard, just like it is hard to start a business without some kind of initial capital to start up. And so you really have to do the groundwork. And, and we really discourage, frankly, folks from just saying, you know, waking up one day and say, hey, let's start a nonprofit, because that sounds like a good idea. What we really... <laughs> want people to do is to look at what's already out there. And if, and if they can support something that already exists, that's the best avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, truly, if there's if there's a missing niche that they can fill, great, but make sure that they've gone through the steps, that they have a good financial plan in place, and hopefully that initial financial backing so that they can start on a strong footing. So uh, this is kind of a remedial question, but I it just kind of dawned on, on me that some of our listeners may not really understand what a nonprofit is. What's the uh, what are the high points of understanding a nonprofit, and how does it differ from a typical business? Yeah, so one of the really the fundamental difference is, and this is going to get a little bit nerdy here, but uh, we, the love nerdy. Is, <laughs> we love nerdy. We love nerdy. Awesome. Um, so nonprofits as exempt organizations, it's really just a tax code. We say it's a tax code, not a business plan. Meaning, just like a business, it needs to find a way to be in the black every year. Um, obviously, there are some years you might run a deficit for various reasons, but the the main difference is that nonprofits don't have shareholders. So instead of the shareholders, um, like if you start a small business, obviously you and your business partner uh, reap those profits and you keep them or you reinvest them back in the business. With nonprofits, uh, the stakeholders or shareholders is the community and specifically the board of directors. However, they don't uh, receive any of those profits. Those, if, if there is a surplus at the end of the year, that money needs to go back into the mission. So maybe it's uh, the launching of a new program, maybe it's hiring more staff, uh, buying more services and products that help serve the community, that kind of thing. So nobody actually profits uh, from that in terms of a shareholder. Mm -hmm. That's the main difference, really. Otherwise, obviously, the the business model is different because you're relying heavily on grants and fundraising. But also, a lot of nonprofits are, you know, more into social enterprise ventures. You know, traditionally, that was you know, kind of like your Idaho youth ranch with a thrift store or Salvation Army, but we're seeing uh, things like um, uh, Life's Kitchen in the Treasure Valley, if you've ever been there off of Fairview. They do job training for folks who have not made it all the way through high school so that they can get into the food industry. And um, they actually run a full-service restaurant cafe for breakfast and lunch, and they make phenomenal food. So 
if you're ever off of Fairview and roughly Maple Grove, um, that's a great option for lunch or breakfast. That's and, cool. Um, yeah, and it, it's earned revenue. It's it's money that they don't have to raise, but it also has that mission-driven purpose, which yeah. is great. So um, I know that you've got a lot of uh, participants, but I mean, highlight a, a few of of uh, these non these nonprofits. A lot of people in the Treasure Valley, I'm sure that they know that there are charities and nonprofits out there, but um, but they may not know uh, what some of the highlights are. So what are some that we might know? Yeah, so there's over 600 that are registered to participate as there has been the last few years, which is great. That's always a, a time when we hold our breath every year when we open up Idaho Gives. We're like, will anyone sign up? You know, you just, you're always <laughs> holding your breath like any big event. Uh, inevitably, they come through the door. And uh, I guess as Idahoans, we always like to sign up for things late, but we just closed registration and uh, hit our goal for registration, which is great. So 600 plus participating. You know, I think of a couple good examples that are really emblematic of some of the issues our community is facing right now, like childcare, for example. A lot of childcare providers are actually nonprofits. I think the YMCA of Treasure Valley is like the largest childcare provider in the Valley. Um, another nonprofit childcare provider, um, Giraffe Laugh. I, I had just spoken with their executive director a few days ago and they actually have a waiting list of 400 uh, families or students that they can't currently serve because they don't have enough space in the existing buildings or existing classrooms or don't have enough teachers hired yet. I've so heard that same of... story with almost every daycare in the in the valley. The backlog in the waiting list is crazy. Yeah, and I think of, you know, one of the reasons uh, Becca and I moved to Idaho, I guess over 4 years ago now, um, just was the outdoor recreation opportunities, right? But, you know, you take that for granted that those trails are always accessible, available, um, in pristine condition, but it takes work, right? And so the Idaho Trails Association, I was chatting with them a week or so ago, and they worked on 265 miles of, of trails throughout the state mm -hmm. over the last year. So a group like that that can mobilize volunteers to do that trail maintenance work is so key. Obviously, we're facing... Um, a huge population boom. I think we were the second fastest growing state uh, in the la latest data from the U.S. Census. So there's just a real crunch on some of those key services that make Idaho a great place to live, whether the childcare, housing, you know, housing is a huge issue in the Treasure Valley, as we know. And we have a number of nonprofits like Catch and Jesse Tree that are working to house all families who need it and find affordable options for them. And um, and I, I think Idaho gives us a perfect way to spotlight those issues. Yeah. So that's a good a good segue into the event. So Idaho gives is an annual event and its purpose is to basically, as I understand it and correct me where I'm wrong, but is to publicize to the community at large, the various options as far as what people could donate to, um, for all of these nonprofits. And it happens, let's see, I, I think that I saw that we're starting on May 1st. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Easy to remember May 1st through 4th. So that Monday through Thursday, first week of May. Um, yeah, it's, it's the state's largest giving event, uh, in terms of supporting nonprofits. Um, idahogives.org is the website where people can go to donate and it's actually a really easy website to navigate. You can even do it. Um, you can do it on your phone and pay through or donate through Apple pay, for example. Um, you can search, let's say, you know, you're like, I really love outdoor recreation. I want to support a, a nonprofit that's working on conservation or trail maintenance. You can actually sort by category, or let's say you're really into supporting housing groups. Um, you can find it, uh, nonprofits by geography if you really want to support a certain region of the state. So it's it's a really fantastic um, you know piece of technology to just make it easy for especially new donors and, and those folks that are moving 
uh, from from all those, uh, mostly from California, probably, but uh, from all the states all over um, the country, really, that they're finding Idaho as as home and and wanting to know how can I make a difference, and this is a great way to do that. Yeah, no, there's a ton of people that want to invest in this place. They've come to Idaho because they love it, and uh, I think that this is a wonderful mechanism to give them something that they can do to give back. Yeah, you've definitely made it very easy. One thing that I really liked about the website is that I also discovered needs. I just, it wasn't in my lens to understand that there was one, that, that there are needs of my community that, I mean, there are so many things that we know, obviously, like the Ronald McDonald House and we have the, you know, the Women and Children Alliance and we all know those, but then there'd be these tiny, small nonprofits and, I, and I, it just really broadened my my lens to some of the needs um, that my neighbors had. And um, I think that's one of the reasons people really enjoy it is, is it just, it kind of feels like connecting in a, a new and interesting way. And then it's a very simple way to just say, okay, I can help this. I can, I can, I can put in $5 or I can put in $5,000. It's just figuring out um, what you and your family want to want to do together. And remember last year we were kind of chatting with our entire family of what is it something that our family can support that we that we all all could contribute to so that we could feel like we are we're part of that that uh, mission which we really like that that's kind of how we started our or I started my investigation of the website so you get on the Idaho gives website and you start looking through that list and there were so many of them and there's that button to view it or the button to donate so you click on that view and you get to read this excerpt and and a lot of them have these great pages where they have videos to tell you about what their group is focused on and uh, it was just a great way to build that awareness of how many wonderful causes there are in our home state yeah, yeah, we like to say Idaho runs on nonprofits. So we kind of stole that from the Dunkin' Donuts uh, slogan. <laughs> if you've ever traveled east, like Chicago runs on Dunkin'. Uh -huh. um, you know, one of the things I think I want to touch on two points kind of the value of giving, but then more largely on a macro scale. You know, we live in a state that, for better or worse, doesn't invest a ton from, from a governmental level in some of these key services. I think we're ranked 49th out of 51st, in, in, including DC. Um, uh, in terms of expenditures from the government, from state government per capita, state and local government per capita. So it really falls on the backs of nonprofits and the community members, frankly, to solve some of these big problems that we have, whether that's childcare, uh, the housing crisis, or even just maintaining the amazing recreational opportunities in the arts scene, right? That's, I mean, that's what makes a community great as well as, as the arts. You know, every community from Pocatello to Coeur d'Alene has a fantastic uh, theater or uh, Main Street um, selection of things for families to do, and it's that that's nonprofits. You know, ninety five percent of the time, that's that's on nonprofits to do. So, um, and then on your point about, you know, the ability to give. You know, we've Becca and I have talked a lot about this. You know, how do we pass on the value of being a good citizen to our kids? We have three boys. Um, the youngest is two. The oldest is seven. So now we've got that. You know, we're not going to ask the youngest to give because he probably uh, add a few extra zeros. But for the <laughs> oldest kids, you know, asking them to say, hey, what do you really value about your community? Whether that's the Discovery Center, the Children's Museum, um, the Idaho State History Museum. So, you know, these places that our kids spend a lot of time in, even the Library Foundation, right? So that making sure that these experiences can be passed on to kids who don't have as many means or 
uh, and make sure they're accessible for everybody or, or just to make sure the next generation of youngsters has the same opportunities that our kids have. And I think getting our kids to invest at an early age in the community will hopefully build those skills so that when they're adults, they understand that value and can uh, build great things in our community as well. Yeah. Well, this list is an amazing one for families to identify, hey, what are some of these needs that we can put ourselves behind and spend our time on? So mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. And I like the conversation that um, some of the stuff that we just we just are enjoying come from our the rest of our community, that this really does take all of us to put some of these things together. Sometimes you just take that... Um, for granted, especially in Idaho, we just have so many wonderful things. I love that you brought up the trails because um, we looked into that a little bit because Shane runs the Instagram page Idaho, which is based on like Idaho outdoors. And so like we were digging into some content for the Idaho Trails Association and looking at like what they do and what it takes to like to, to just enjoy it outdoors. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is just one little, one little trail um, to like go down and just to understand there's so much more to every experience that we have in Idaho. Um, and so often it's, it's promoted by these nonprofits. The Idaho Trails Association was one of the first um, groups that I connected with. Um, when I started getting into the outdoors here, the first thing was, well, where do you go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm new here. I don't know a lot about Idaho. So are there groups that can maybe give me some insight into, you know, where to start this exploration journey? And so uh, I joined the Idaho Trails Association, but then I learned of what they do. It's a big endeavor to organize volunteers to go up some of these trails. I learned from them that Idaho has like 20 something thousand miles of trails, of which only I think 7,000 are actually maintained on an annual basis. And so their group is responsible for a little chunk of that. And they take these people up into the mountains and uh, they'll pack mules with all of their provisions. They'll cook them dinner and lunch and breakfast and they'll feed them while they're out there working freaking hard to clear clear these trails. They're filling trees, they're building uh, um, retention walls. They're doing all sorts of awesome stuff with volunteers that takes time and it takes people's uh commitment to get up there and and do it so i thought i don't know personally that yeah that was a good one yeah it does yeah absolutely Um, i was just working with the group the southwestern idaho mountain bike association and um, as i started working with them to help them with with a few things you know i started following them on instagram and you know they they recently did a, a trail project i think they're putting in a new section in Avamore. And so you see that, that it takes volunteers, right? And it takes money to mobilize. Even volunteers aren't free. And that's a, for the small orgs who are participating in Idaho Gives, it costs money to organize and move people from place to place to give them the tools they need to do things. Um, so nothing's free. And if we want nice things, we have to pay for them. That's one of the messages. Uh, Amen. I feel like I'm constantly on that soapbox. Mm-hmm. And as communities across the state, um, we have to want nice things if we want our community to change. And I think um, if we're willing to invest, we can have all of the things that we want. Mm -hmm. Well said, Kevin. Awesome. So um, I was wondering if we could just run through maybe a couple, if you have some new uh, nonprofits or any nonprofits you think that we should know about. I know that we, we really love the, obviously the trails. We love the um, investing in the library. We love race for rare. That's an amazing um, nonprofit that we really like, but there's so many. Obviously, are there any that you think that the community should specifically know about? 
Yeah, well, I'm a little biased, but I'm actually <laughs> on the, the board of directors for the Idaho Association for the Education of Young Children. Um, having young kids myself, I know the value of um, high quality child care and supports to get kids uh, kindergarten ready and just the value of building those systems, you know, in our community so that kids can start kindergarten on the right foot. So really proud of that organization. Don't they have an event coming up? up. Don't they have an event coming up like really soon? Well, it's canceled, right? And then it's coming back. Okay. It was canceled because of the grass, which is funny. Oh, okay. Tree Fort fort destroyed the Oh my gosh. It was so bad. (laughs) Which, which that, that ended on good terms because I think they, you know, they actually paid for all that. But um, the next week, I think was supposed to be Mm -hmm. the young child with Idaho AYC and um, that had to get canceled because of the grass. Believe yeah. Not. So, yeah, they reached uh, out and they're like, hey, the- can we wait on yeah. that post real fast? I'm like, why? They're like, oh, <laughs> we've had some weird issues. I'm like, okay, well, no, I love that yeah. program. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a ready for kindergarten program. They've got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, I think of, you know, really small nonprofits like Camp River Run. And we have a number of nonprofits, um, you know, based here in Boise, in the Treasure Valley, who serve kids or adults who have been through really hard things, like they've maybe finished chemo, and some of these these groups are able to take advantage of our great natural resources and take uh, groups of kids or adults out on the river and, and kind of do a rafting trip or have some kind of ex- life-changing experience. And, and some of those orgs are really all volunteer. They even just have one part-time staff member to pull all that together. So it's Really, I mean, it's it's really interesting. It's just our state runs so much on, you know, all types of nonprofits, all, everything from the the big YMCA all the way down to something like Camp River Run. I love Camp River Run. I think that's so cool. I went to one of their charities, and I was like, this is, it's just such a, a thing I wouldn't have thought of. But then I have a dad with cancer, and it's just the thought, oh, you know what? Like, there's this time where they're very vulnerable and, and something like that, like being out in nature can be so healing. And that just made me think, wow, someone thought of that and someone made a nonprofit to make it happen. And that just, it just brings me so much hope, I think for humanity, just learning about some of these things that they've made happen. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the, our, our old phrase or slogan for your, for Idaho gives used to be, you know, find a need and fill it. And that's, these are great examples of it. It's folks who have throughout the years and in the, in the past decades found something that wasn't there and created it. And again, it takes community members. It's on our backs to make that stuff happen. Um, not our backs, literally like the Idaho Nonprofit Center, but our backs uh, in the community as community members. And so we get what we invest into it. And I think that's a really privileged uh, position to be, but it's also a lot of responsibility as a community. And we have to figure out how we invest those resources and, um, you know, uh, our, our kind of call to action is give nonprofits what the resources they need to, to do that stuff, which is, which is great. Awesome. Well, Idaho Gives is a fantastic event to make that happen. So um, one last time, kind of uh, summarize the details and where people can go if they want to participate. Yeah. So for folks uh, that want to give on Idaho Gives, May 1st through 4th at idahogives.org can find over 600 organizations participating. Uh, give what you can, whether that's five bucks or 500. And we're really excited to see people turn out and give to our favorite nonprofits. Right awesome. On. And I'm going to ask you a question. We can take this out if, if it's too random. <laughs> Is there like any nonprofits that are kind of bizarrely random, like so specific or like, wait, is this a need? Like where it's coming uh, and you're like, yeah, huh. I got, I got one. Um, there's a rat rescue, which was news oh. to me. And I can't remember okay. the actual name of it. Um, 
and uh, I believe they've participated in Idaho Gifts throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can you can keep this in, but it's uh, there's apparently rat rescue, and and that's a thing. So okay. th- there's just there's so well. Much I watched the um, what was it the something of Nim, the secret of Nim, the secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. I don't think I. Yeah. Don't watch it and don't let your kids watch it. It's really scary. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Okay. So rat rescue. All right. Rat Good rescue. One. That's that's probably the most bizarre one that I've seen <laughs> in terms of issue and cause and things that you wouldn't associate with with a need. You know, what? we should give at least five bucks to the rat rescue. Rescue. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. they, I'm gonna challenge. They this. historically <laughs> historically do fairly well in Idaho Gives, and I don't know if it's the the shock value or. Mm-hmm. You know, people just are really passionate about rats. It might be mm. a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, did you share the website? IdahoGives.org, right? That's right. Yeah. All okay. right. So fun. Kevin, well, th- thanks a lot. Yeah. It's awesome what your group is doing. Thank you so much for your contribution to this awesome state and for what you get, you guys are doing to make it better. Yeah, and um, Becca just informed me that we're all going to go on a double date. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> hey, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay, fun. Can't wait. All, right. all right. Good luck with Idaho Gives. Kevin, have a great yeah, weekend. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at the Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time.